Part One of The Farmer's Bride. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Clett. The Farmer's Bride by Charlotte Mew. Part One The Farmer's Bride. Three summers since I chose a maid, too young, maybe but more's to do at harvest-time than bide and woo. When us was wed she turned afraid of love and me and all things human, like the shut of a winter's day. Her smile went out, and t'wasn't a woman, more like a little frightened fay. One night in the fall she runned away. Out mong the sheep her be, they said, should properly have been a bed, but sure enough she wasn't there lying awake with her wide brown stare. So over seven-acre field and up along across the down we chased her, flying like a hare before our lanterns. To church-town all in a shiver and a scare we caught her, fetched her home at last, and turned the key upon her fast. She does the work about the house as well as most, but like a mouse happy enough to chat and play with birds and rabbits and such as they, so long as men-folk keep away. Not near, not near, her eyes beseech when one of us comes within reach. The women say that beasts in stall look round like children at her call. I've hardly heard her speak at all. Shy as a leveret, swift as he, straight and slight as a young larch-tree, Sweet as the first wild violets she, to her wild self, but what to me? The short days shorten, and the oaks are brown, the blue smoke rises to the low grey sky, one leaf in the still air falls slowly down, a magpie's spotted feathers lie on the black earth spread white with rime, the berries redden up to Christmas time. What's Christmas-time without there be some other in the house than we? She sleeps up in the attic there, alone, poor maid. Tis but a stare betwixt us. Oh, my God, the down, the soft young down of her, the brown, the brown of her, her eyes, her hair, her hair. Fame Sometimes, in the overheated house, but not for long, smirking and speaking rather loud, I see myself among the crowd, where no one fits the singer to his song, or sifts the unpainted from the painted faces of the people who are always on my stare. They were not with me when I walked in heavenly places. But could I spare, in the blind earth's great silences and spaces, the din, the scuffle, the long stare, if I went back, and it was not there. Back to the old known things that are the new, The folded glory of the gorse, the sweet briar air, To the larks that cannot praise us, Knowing nothing of what we do, And the divine wise trees that do not care yet To leave fame, still with such eyes, And that bright hair. God, if I might, and before I go hence, take in her stead to our tossed bed one little dream, no matter how small, how wild. Just now, 
I think I found it in a field under a fence, a frail, dead, new-born lamb, ghostly and pitiful and white, a blot upon the night, the moon's dropped child. THE NARROW DOOR The narrow door, the narrow door, on the three steps of which the café children play, mostly at shop with pebbles from the shore, it is always shut, this narrow door, but open for a little while to-day. And round it, each with pebbles in his hand, a silenced crowd the café children stand, to see the long box jerking down the bend of twisted stair, then set on end, quite filling up the narrow door, till it comes out and does not go in any more. Along the quay you see it wind, the slow black line. Some one pulls up the blind of the small window just above the narrow door. Tiens, que veux-tu acheter? Rene cries. Mais pour quatre des oignons, Jean replies, and one pays down with pebbles from the shore. The Fete Tonight again the moon's white mat stretches across the dormitory floor, while outside, like an evil cat, the peon prowls down the dark corridor, planning, I know, to pounce on me, in spite for getting leave to sleep in town last night. But it was none of us who made that noise, only the old brown owl that hoots and flies out of the ivy, he will say it was us boys. Seigneur, mon Dieu, the sacre soul of spies! He would like to catch each dream that lies hidden behind our sleepy eyes. Their dream! But mine! It is the moon and the wood that sees. All my long life how I shall hate the trees! In the Place d'Armes, the dusty plains, all summer through, dozed with the market women in the sun, and scarcely stirred to see the quiet things that crossed the square, a tiny funeral, the flying shadow of a bird, the hump-backed barber Celestin Le Maire, old Madame Michel in her three-wheeled chair, and filing past to Vespers two and two, the demoiselle of the pensionnat, towed like a ship through the harbour bar, safe into port, where le petit Jésus perhaps makes nothing of the look they shot at you. Si c'est défendu, mais que voulez-vous? It was the sun. The sunshine weaves a pattern on dull stones. The sunshine leaves the portraiture of dreams upon the eyes before it dies. All summer through, the dust hung white upon the drowsy plains, till suddenly they woke with the autumn rains. It is not only the little boys who have hardly got away from toys, but I, who am seventeen next year, some nights in bed have grown cold to hear that lonely passion of the rain which makes you think of being dead, and of somewhere living to lay your head, as if you were a child again, crying for one thing, known and near, your empty heart, to still the hunger and the fear that pelts and beats with it against the pain. But I remember smiling, too, at all the sun's soft tricks, and those autumn dreads in winter-time, when the grey light broke slowly through the frosted window-lace to drag us shivering from our beds, and when at dusk the singing wind swung down straight from the stars to the dark country roads beyond the twinkling town, striking the leafless poplar boughs as he went by, 
like some poor stray dog by the wayside lying dead. We left behind us the old world of dread, I and the wind as we strode whistling on under the winter sky. And then, in spring, for three days came the fair, just as the plains were starting into bud above the caravans, you saw the dancing bear pass on his chain, and heard the jingle and the thud. Only four days ago they let you out of this dull show, to slither down the montagne russe, and chaff the man a la tête de veau, hit, slick, the bull's-eye at the tear, spin round and round till your head went queer, on the pork roulant, oh la la, la fête, va pour du vin et le tête-à-tête -tête with the girl who sugars the cafre, pauvrette. How thin she was! But she smiled, you bet, as she took your tip. One does not forget the good days, monsieur. Said with a grace, but sacre bleu, what a ghost of a face! And no fun, too, for the demoiselle of the pensionnat, who were hurried past with their, Oh, que c'est beau! Ah, qu'elle est belle! A lapdog's life from first to last. The good nights are not made for sleep nor the good days for dreaming in. And at the end in the big circus tent we sat and shook and stewed like sin. Some children there had got—but where? Sent from the south, perhaps. A red bouquet of roses, sweetening the fetid air with scent from gardens by some far-away blue bay. They threw one at the dancing bear. The white clown caught it. From San Remy's tower the deep, slow bell tolled out the hour. The black clown, with his dirty grin, lay sprawling in the dust, as she rode in. She stood on a white horse, and suddenly you saw the bend of a far-off road at dawn with knights riding by, a field of spears, and then the gallant day go out in storm with ragged clouds low down, sullen and grey against red heavens. Wild and awful, such a sky as witnesses against you at the end of a great battle, bugles blowing, blood and dust, the old mort d'Arthur fight you must. It died in anger. But it was not death that had you by the throat, stopping your breath. She looked like victory. She rode my way. She laughed at the black clown, and then she flew a bird above us, on the wing of her white arms and you saw through a rent in the old tent a patch of sky with one dim star. She flew, but not so high. And then she did not fly. She stood in the bright moonlight at the door of a strange room. She threw her slippers on the floor. Again, again you heard the patter of the rain, the starving rain. It was this thing, summer was this, the gold mist in your eyes. Oh, God, it dies! but after death. To-night the splendour and the sting blows back and catches at your breath, the smell of beasts, the smell of dust, the scent of all the roses in the world, the sea, the spring, the beat of drums, the pad of hoofs, music, the dream, the dream, the enchanted thing. At first you scarcely saw her face. You knew the maddening feet were there. What called was that half-hidden white unrest, to which now and then she pressed her fingertips? But as she slackened pace and turned and looked at you, it grew quite bare. There was not anything you did not dare. Like trumpeters the hours passed until the last day of the fair. 
In the Place d'Armes all afternoon the building birds had sung, Soon, soon. The shuttered streets slept sound that night. It was full moon. The path into the wood was almost white. The trees were very still, and seemed to stare. Not far before your soul the dream flits on, but when you touch it, it is gone, and quite alone your soul stands there. Mother of Christ, no one has seen your eyes. How can men pray even unto you? There were only wolves' eyes in the wood. My mother is a woman too. Nothing is true that is not good. With that quick smile of hers I have heard her say, I wish I had gone back home to-day. I should have watched the light that so gently dies from our high window in the Paris skies, the long straight chain of lamps hung out along the Seine. I would have turned to her, and let the rain beat on her breast as it does against the pane. Nothing will be the same again. There is something strange in my little mother's eyes. There is something new in the old heavenly air of spring, the smell of beasts, the smell of dust, the enchanted thing. All my life long I shall see moonlight on the fern, and the black trunks of trees. Only the hair of any woman can belong to God. The stalks are cruelly broken where we trod. There had been violets there. I shall not care, as I used to do, when I see the bracken burn. Beside the Bed Someone has shut the shining eyes, straightened and folded, the wandering hands quietly covering the unquiet breast. So, smoothed and silenced you lie, like a child, not again to be questioned or scolded. But for you, not one of us believes that this is rest. Not so to close the windows down can cloud and deaden the blue beyond, or to screen the wavering flame subdue its breath. Why, if I lay my cheek to your cheek, your grey lips, like dawn, would quiver and redden, breaking into the old odd smile at this fraud of death. Because all night you have not turned to us or spoken, it is time for you to wake. Your dreams were never very deep. I, for one, have seen the thin, bright, twisted threads of them dimmed suddenly and broken. This is only a most piteous pretense of sleep. In Nunhead Cemetery It is the clay that makes the earth stick to his spade. He fills in holes like this year after year. The others have gone. They were tired and half afraid. But I would rather be standing here. There is nowhere else to go. I have seen this place from the windows of the train that's going past against the sky. This is rain on my face. It was raining here when I saw it last. There is something horrible about a flower. This, broken in my hand, is one of those he threw in just now. It will not live another hour. There are thousands more. You do not miss a rose. One of the children hanging about pointed at the whole dreadful heap and smiled, this morning, after that was carried out. There is something terrible about a child. We were like children, last week, in the Strand. That was the day you laughed at me because I tried to make you understand the cheap, stale chap I used to be, before I saw the things you made me see. This is not a real place. Perhaps by and by I shall wake. 
I am getting drenched with all this rain. Tomorrow I will tell you about the eyes of the Crystal Palace train looking down on us, and you will laugh, and I shall see what you see again. Not here. Not now. We said, Not yet, across our low stone parapet, will the quick shadows of the sparrows fall. But still it was a lovely thing through the grey months to wait for spring, with the birds that go a-gypsying in the parks till the blue seas call. And next to these you used to care for the lions in Trafalgar Square. Who'll stand and speak for London when her bell of judgment tolls, and the gulls at Westminster that were the old sea-captain's souls? To-day again the brown tide splashes, step by step, the river stair, and the gulls are there. By a month we have missed our day. The children would have hung about round the carriage and over the way as you and I came out. We should have stood on the gulls' black cliffs and heard the sea, and seen the moon's white track. I would have called, you would have come to me, and kissed me back. You have never done that. I do not know why I stood staring at your bed and heard you, though you spoke so low, but could not reach your hands, your little head. There was nothing we could not do, you said, and you went, and I let you go. Now. I will burn you back, I will burn you through, though I am damned for it, we too will lie and burn, here where the starlings fly to these white stones from the wet sky. Dear, you will say this is not I. It would not be you, it would not be you. If for only a little while you will think of it, you will understand, if you will touch my sleeve and smile as you did that morning in the Strand, I can wait quietly with you or go away if you want me to. God! What is God? But your face has gone, and your hand. Let me stay here, too. When I was quite a little lad, at Christmas time we went half mad for joy of all the toys we had. And then we used to sing about the sheep the shepherds watched by night. We used to pray to Christ to keep our small souls safe till morning light. I am scared. I am staying with you to-night. Put me to sleep. I shall stay here. Here you can see the sky. The houses in the street are much too high. There is no one left to speak to there. Here they are everywhere. And just above them fields and fields of roses lie. If he would dig it all up again, they would not die. THE PEDDLER Lend me, a little while, the key that locks your heavy heart, and I'll give you back, rarer than books and ribbons and beads bright to see, this little key of dreams out of my pack. The road, the road, beyond men's bolted doors, there shall I walk and you go free of me, for yours lies north across the moors, and mine south. To what sea? How if we stopped and let our solemn selves go by, while my gay ghost caught and kissed yours as ghosts don't do, and by the wayside this forgotten you and I sat, and were twenty-two? Give me the key that locks your tired eyes, and I will lend you this one from my pack, brighter than coloured beads and painted books that make men wise. Take it. No, give it back. Pecheresse. 
Down the long quay the slow boats glide, while here and there a house looms white against the gloom of the waterside, and some high window throws a light as they sail out into the night. At dawn they will bring in again to women knitting on the quay, who wait for him, their man of men. I stand with them and watch the sea, which may have taken mine from me. Just so the long days come and go. The nights, Madwe, the nights are cold. Our Lady's heart is as frozen snow, since this one sin I have not told, and I shall die, or perhaps grow old before he comes. The foreign ships bring many a one of face and name as strange as his, to buy your lips a gold piece for a scarlet shame like mine. But mine was not the same. One night was ours, one short grey day of sudden sin, unshrived, untold. He found me, and I lost the way to paradise for him. I sold my soul for love, and not for gold. He bought my soul. But even so, my face is all that he has seen, his is the only face I know, and in the dark church, like a screen, it shuts God out, it comes between, while in some narrow foreign street, or loitering on the crowded quay, who knows what others he may meet to turn his eyes away from me? Many are fair to such as he. There is but one for such as I, to love, to hate, to hunger for. I shall perhaps grow old and die, with one short day to spend and store, one night in all my life, no more. Just so the long days come and go, yet this one sin I will not tell, though Mary's heart is as frozen snow, and all nights are cold for one warmed too well. But, oh, Madwe, the nights of hell! THE CHANGELING Toll no bell for me, dear father, dear mother, waste no sighs. There are my sisters, there is my little brother, who plays in the place called Paradise. Your children all, your children for ever. But I, so wild, your disgrace with the queer brown face, was never, never I know but half your child. In the garden at play, all day last summer, far and away I heard the sweet tweet-tweet of a strange newcomer, the dearest, clearest call of a bird. It lived down there in the deep green hollow, my own old home, and the fairies say the word of a bird is a thing to follow, so I was away a night and a day. One evening, too, by the nursery fire, we snuggled close and sat round so still, when suddenly as the wind blew higher something scratched on the window-sill. A pinched, brown face peered in. I shivered. No one listened or seemed to see. The arms of it waved and the wings of it quivered. Who? I knew it had come for me. Some are as bad as bad can be. All night long they danced in the rain, round and round in a dripping chain, through their caps at the window-pane, tried to make me scream and shout and fling the bedclothes all about. I meant to stay in bed that night, and if only you had left a light, they would never have got me out. Sometimes I wouldn't speak, you see, or answer when you spoke to me, because in the long, still dusks of spring 
you can hear the whole world whispering, the shy green grasses making love, the feathers grow on the dear grey dove, the tiny heart of the red start beat, the patter of the squirrel's feet, the pebbles pushing in the silver streams, the rushes talking in their dreams, the swish, swish of the bat's black wings, the wildwood bluebell's sweet ting-tings, humming and hammering at your ear, everything there is to hear in the heart of hidden things, but not in the midst of the nursery riot. That's why I wanted to be quiet, couldn't do my sums, or sing, or settle down to anything. And when for that I was sent upstairs, I did kneel down to say my prayers. But the king who sits on your high church steeple has nothing to do with us fairy people. Times I pleased you, dear father, dear mother, learned all my lessons and liked to play, and dearly I loved the little pale brother whom some other bird must have called away. Why did they bring me here to make me not quite bad and not quite good? Why, unless they're wicked, do they want in spite to take me back to their wet wild wood? Now every night I shall see the windows shining, the gold lamps glow and the fire's red gleam, while the best of us are twining twigs and the rest of us are whining in the hollow by the stream. Black and chill are their nights on the wold, and they live so long, and they feel no pain. I shall grow up, but never grow old. I shall always, always be very cold. I shall never come back again. Ken The town is old and very steep, a place of bells and cloisters and grey towers, and black-clad people walking in their sleep, a nun, a priest, a woman taking flowers to her new grave, and watched from end to end by the great church above through the still hours. But in the morning and the early dark the children wake to dart from doors and call down the wide, crooked street, where, at the bend before it climbs up to the park, Ken's is the gabled house facing the castle wall. When first I came upon him there, suddenly on the half-lit stair, I think I hardly found a trace of likeness to a human face in his. And I said then, if in his image God made men, some other must have made poor Ken. But for his eyes which looked at you as two red wounded stars might do. He scarcely spoke, you scarcely heard, his voice broke off in little jars to tears sometimes. An uncouth bird he seemed as he ploughed up the street, groping with gnarled, high-lifted feet, and arms thrust out as if to beat always against a threat of bars. And oftener than not there'd be a child just higher than his knee trotting beside him. Through his dim, long twilight this, at least shone clear, that all the children and the deer, whom every day he went to see out in the park, belonged to him. God help the folk that next him sits, he fidgets so with his poor wits, the neighbours said on Sunday nights, when he would go to church to see the lights. Although for these he used to fix his eyes upon a crucifix, in a dark corner, staring on till everybody else had gone, and sometimes, in his evil fits, you could not move him from his chair. You did not look at him as he sat there, biting his rosary to bits, while pointing to the Christ he tried to say, Take it away. Nothing was dead. He said, A bird, if he picked up a broken wing, a perished leaf or any such thing was just a rose. 
and once when I had said he must not stand and knock there any more, he left a twig on the mat outside my door. Not long ago the last thrush stiffened in the snow, while black against a sullen sky the sighing pine stood by. But now the wind has left our rattled pane to flutter the hedge-sparrow's wing. The birches in the wood are red again, and only yesterday the larks went up a little way to sing. What lovers say who loiter in the lanes to-day, the buds begin to talk of May, with learned rooks on city trees. And if God please with all of these, we too shall see another spring. But in that red-brick barn upon the hill, I wonder, can one own the deer, and does one walk with children still as one did here? Do roses grow beneath those twenty windows in a row? And if some night, when you have not seen any light, they cannot move you from your chair, what happens there? I do not know. So, when they took Ken to that place, I did not look after he called and turned on me his eyes. These I shall see. A quoi bon dire? Seventeen years ago you said something that sounded like good-bye, and everybody thinks that you are dead, but I. So I, as I grow stiff and cold to this and that, say good-bye too, and everybody sees that I am old, but you. And one fine morning in a sunny lane, some boy and girl will meet and kiss and swear that nobody can love their way again, while over there you will have smiled, I shall have tossed your hair. THE QUIET HOUSE When we were children, old nurse used to say the house was like an auction or a fair until the lot of us were safe in bed. It has been quiet as the countryside since Ted and Janie, and then mother died, and Tom crossed father and was sent away. After the lawsuit he could not hold up his head. Poor father! and he does not care for people here or to go anywhere. To get away to aunt's for that weekend was hard enough. Since then, a year ago, he scarcely lets me slip out of his sight. At first I did not like my cousin's friend. I did not think I should remember him. His voice is gone, his face is growing dim. And if I like him now, I do not know. He frightened me before he smiled. He did not ask me if he might. He said that he would come one Sunday night. He spoke to me as if I were a child. No year has been like this that has just gone by. It may be that what Father says is true. If things are so, it does not matter why. But everything has burned, and not quite through. The colors of the world have turned to flame. The blue, the gold, has burned in what used to be such a leaden sky. When you are burned quite through, you die. Red is the strangest pain to bear. In spring the leaves on the budding trees, In summer the roses are worse than these. More terrible than they are sweet, A rose can stab you across the street Deeper than any knife. And the crimson haunts you everywhere. Thin shafts of sunlight, Like the ghosts of reddened swords, Have struck our stare, As if, coming down, you had spilt your life. I think that my soul is red, like the soul of a sword or a scarlet flower. But when these are dead, they have had their hour. I shall have had mine, too, for from head to feet I am burned and stabbed half through, and the pain is deadly sweet. 
The things that kill us seem blind to the death they give. It is only in our dream the things that kill us live. The room is shut where mother died. The other rooms are as they were. The world goes on the same outside. The sparrows fly across the square. The children play as we four did there. The trees grow green and brown and bare. The sun shines on the dead church spire. And nothing lives here but the fire. While father watches from his chair. Day follows day. The same or now and then a different grey. Till like his hair, which mother said was wavy once and bright, they will all turn white. To-night I heard a bell again. Outside it was the same mist of fine rain. The lamps just lighted down the long dim street. No one for me. I think it is myself I go to meet. I do not care. Some day I shall not think. I shall not be. On the Asylum Road Theirs is the house whose windows every pane, are made of darkly stained or clouded glass. Sometimes you come upon them in the lane, the saddest crowd that you will ever pass. But still we merry town or village folk throw to their scattered stare a kindly grin, and think no shame to stop and crack a joke with the incarnate wages of man's sin. None but ourselves in our long gallery we meet, the moorhen stepping from her reeds with dainty feet, the harebell bowing on his stem, dance not with us. Their pulses beat to fainter music, nor do we to them make their life sweet. The gayest crowd that they will ever pass are we to brother shadows in the lane. Our windows, too, are clouded glass, to them, yes, every pain. Jour des Morts, Cimetière Montparnasse Sweetheart, is this the last of all our posies, and little festivals, my flowers, are they but white and wistful ghosts of gayer roses shut with you in this grim garden? Not to-day. Ah, no. Come out with me before the grey gate closes. It is your fete, and here is your bouquet. End of Part One